want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. Welcome back to the Storm Cellar, Season 3, Episode 1, Ray. We are past the draft. We've actually met in person, finally. Yes, man. Let me say once again (laughs) how awesome that was. Thank you again for the tour of Boston, uh, a wonderful city, historic city. And I, I, it was just a wonderful experience. And dude, hugging the big man, right? I'm, I told you I was a hugger right off the start. Thank you. You were a hugger too. (laughs) And pow. And I've got my, I've got my Jersey on a beautiful gift. You look good. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, This is going to be a standard. Did you feel weird wearing the chains around the city like that? Did you think we were getting any weird looks? I thought I detected a little bit <laughs> of, uh, oh, I don't know. It could have been animosity, but muted. They were friendly enough. Everyone was enjoying the fact that it was the, the you know, long weekend already. But I saw some strange looks. I'm not uh, going to lie. So, so I think there's two reasons for it, if I'm being honest. Uh, one is yeah so so ray and i are both over six feet we're both like big guys we both have salt and pepper hair uh you know we're so we look and we we both had on storm cellar shirts we had on these let's go canes you know the oversized fake chains that people have been wearing so that's one right in boston two is in the new england you know where you know we, we are very accepting of lifestyles i bet a lot of people thought that like like oh like that's a cute couple going by uh they might have they might have. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Which is which is cool. Oh yeah, in I, my I, books, I, that's fine with me. I, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. No, we definitely awesome. we definitely got some looks from people. So there was I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it it was great. It was it was so much fun. It was the best. And I was like, oh man, this. I wish we could do this. I wish we could do this every week, but t- together. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, thank goodness for the internet. And Raymond, you've been experiencing this for a, a couple of years now. So, like, yeah, it'd be, really, it'd be awesome. It. You just have to move to America, or I have to flee and move to Canada. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, we're we're working on it. Like I said, I'm I. After that trip to the east, I was like, I really didn't know if I wanted to come back to Calgary. Uh, I don't know. We'll call it uh, Goudreau-itis. Maybe not wanting to come back to Calgary Ooh. too soon. No, not at all. No, okay. But, there but you Columbus, go. I mean, a all props to Johnny Hockey. He owed Calgary nothing. I know a couple of journalists were like, "Oh, they, you know, he should have taken the discount." No, he should. It's these guys are making multi-million dollar contracts, mm-hmm. but it's no different than than somebody working at McDonald's for fifteen bucks an hour. If if you are no longer an asset to the company, they will get rid of you in a flash no mm. questions asked whether you make 15 bucks an hour or 15 million a year so and i have no problem with with guys not taking team friendly deals and saying look i'm doing what's best for me i'm chasing the money because that's what we all do it's a lot more money at that level but i'm it, not going to blame the guy but it was so weird because calgary like came in strong like over 10 million a year like they threw everything that they could at him 
And then the whole idea that everyone had was like, he, 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 the, the reason was, you know, this was a family decision. We want to be closer to family. Well, all of, all of his family is kind of New Jersey, Philadelphia, right? And when he landed in Columbus, it came for way, like less money. Certainly less money than Wait, what he millions, would. Millions yeah, per less year. Less than what in Calgary. Uh, less than he was, uh, uh, I believe, uh, New Jersey through 10 million at him too. And they turned it down. Islanders tried. The Flyers said they never were in on him, which is uh, shocking. That is shocking to me. I was trying to figure out how, if you're not, if you, if you really just don't want to be here, then don't just say, oh, it's a family thing. I'm trying to be closer to home. Columbus is still like nine hours away from, it's a nine hour drive. It's a hike. Yeah. But, it's, but it's, to his credit, the reports out of Calgary, I saw like he should have taken less to stay in Calgary. It clearly was not about the money because no, he no, left no. tens of millions on the table. Yeah. And I mean, taking not less in Calgary. Little. So. I I, I didn't him. agree. I didn't agree with that like that. There's there's Flames fans are saying, well, and the whole idea was protect the team. We've got other guys to sign. We love you here. You're like a god amongst men. Uh, you know, there was all of that discussion. It's like, no, 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 you're right. And you were absolutely right, Brad. Take the money where you could get it. But he wasn't offered any, like, no one could beat what Calgary threw at him. And he still didn't take it. And that says more about the real reason. Like, he I mean, just wanted I, to be. I've heard the Devils were approaching 12 million. Like, I, I think with Isn't incentives, that... it was. the. You know what I think? He wanted to be closer to home. He probably, I saw things about he couldn't handle the pressure, which was the funniest one that I saw because it's like, um, have you seen his stats in Calgary? It's this yeah. is a pressure. He wanted to change a pace. He's going to be in Columbus. He's going to be the guy who helps put Columbus really on the map. Well, he's much more so does. than like Patrick Lyon and those. I mean, those guys have done a tremendous job, don't get me wrong. But Johnny Hockey in, in Columbus is going to make Columbus. I don't know that they're winning a cup or even being a contender for the next several years, with, even with him there, but he gives them instant legitimacy. Yeah. And, and he's going to do well. Like he's going to play in the Metro against some of the best. The Metro's solid. I mean, yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get a healthy dose of uh, Johnny hockey here in this coming season. And uh, it should make things very, very interesting for the hurricanes who, Oh, by the way, one, the free agent frenzy day, in it, my humble opinion, they it, won it. If not them, maybe like what? Like Detroit would be maybe the, I mean, there are one or two teams that, you know, Columbus got the one signing, but they have to build. I don't think anybody should think that Carolina didn't do a top two, you know, free agent day. But yeah. before, real quick though, um. I don't know enough about any of these guys to really get into them. So I'm hoping we can maybe get Alex who's uh, at future Canes on Twitter or somebody on one day. Yeah. Canes didn't have a first round draft pick. Nope. Uh, uh, they get uh Gleb uh, Trikozov at number 60, uh, Alexander uh, Peravalov at 71, Simon Forsmark, Cruz Lucius, who that, what an amazing name Boy, that is. That's a fantastic uh, name. Vladimir Grudnin. Uh, Jacob Vondras and Alexander Pelvin. 
So I think we ended up with, I think, six Russians, which the Hurricanes used to be super gun-shy about. Like, if you remember back in the days with, um, uh, like, Kovalchuk, and you couldn't necessarily get those guys over. Yeah. With the way things are going now, that still might be uh, an issue. But when you start talking third, fourth, fifth round guys, I like what Don does. Don shoots for the moon. Like these guys are going to be great or we're never going to see them. Because right. why, why draft an average guy in the fourth, fifth, sixth round? Now, And Don's made some good drafts. I mean, Stevie, who we just traded away, was a seventh round guy, I think. Wow. Who we got in, you know, for Brent Burns. Right? Yeah. So I, I, I think that Kane's drafted well from what I've read. I can't speak to it enough. Because I just don't have the time to watch these these up and comers, but we're hoping to get a guest on who we can go through. The, I'd like to go through the draft with somebody like Alex, sure, um, who really knows what they're talking about when it comes to these prospects. Um, but everything I understand is that the Canes took a couple of guys who could have been. Um, it might have been Gleb who was like a, who could have been a first or second, you know, or first or high second rounder. Yeah, who fell to sixty because I think of the you know fear the, the fear of aspect of getting him out and getting him over um it sounds like you know very solid draft for the canes i, I don't know I, if you I, have anything to add but i, I just no, don't know enough my, about him i don't want to do a deep dive trikosov was the one that really jumped out at me i couldn't believe that he wasn't gone before 60 that was actually my only thought really on all of that i don't know enough about Paravalov um, or the others. And like you said, we will default to the experts and bring someone in uh, who can fill us in on that. But Trikosov, I just, it was like, what, he was still available? How is that, how is that possible? And he Mm -hmm. could be, he could make a big splash. Like I'm looking, you know, two, maybe two down, two years down the road or whatever. It'll be that part of the building from within a solid foundation of guys that you can bring up and just having that, uh, you know, embarrassment of riches, I guess. That's what, that's what you want in an organization. And certainly, certainly we're, we're in good shape. And, and how did we, like, <laughs> how did we, how, like, Waddell? The man, he's Wiley. Wiley Waddell. How did he you manage? You know what's funny? Uh, to, just to, to, to go off of your quote about a Wiley, Don Waddell gets on the mic and says, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And we all go, oh, that's GM talk. We don't really know what he's thinking. And then he just does what he says he's going to do every like yeah. all the time. It's amazing to me that, you know, we – it's a it's a cycle right like the day before the draft everybody's like oh the hurricanes aren't going to do anything and yeah, they're not going to improve and all and, yeah. and then don pulls out like a couple of huge moves and you're like oh my god like how did he make that work and then you get into the season you're like oh wow th- those moves were good moves and then we all forget like 363 days in and we're like oh don i don't know he's gonna do but yeah yeah you know Here's he turned a- oh go ahead no, i was just gonna say very quickly and i'm sorry to jump in but this is a question that I think we can get to at the end of all of our discussion in the coming that I've got a question. So I'm going to lay out a question, then we'll talk about what's happened, okay? As it stands immediately, are the Canes better now than they were last season? Are the Canes better? And 
we look at how what great they played last year with the really unfortunate playoff result losing the players that we did bringing in the deals so we'll go through it all and at the end of all of this are the canes better okay so that's like what we'll 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 yeah. do we'll premise this segment of the the discussion sure and and, and go ahead to uh, and, and just to kind of go back to the do the the draft stuff if ray and i don't know ray and i are both pretty confident dudes we'll just go out we don't know <laughs> you know yeah. we're guessing we're speculating we, yeah. we don't know everything we're, i don't think we've ever tried to to bs people on the podcast into thinking we know more than we know I'm, we're pretty honest about I, i'm not sure but i think this is correct um yeah I, I i like your idea i think we go through some of the big moves and then we just and you know we kind of hopefully let the facts kind of drive the opinions for sure um, and, and there's no better place to start than my the best face in the Canes organization now, Brent Burns. Oh, the beard. Who, who has the beard? He has the miss in front, right? Yeah. He so out of the blue in my mind because uh, although they were they Don was linked to Burns a little bit, but it seemed to be more of a Klingberg uh, right. situation. Who's still not signed, which is kind of amazing. Still. But we give up Stephen Lorenz, who I know is a heartbreaker for some folks like Haley who love him. I thought he was just the nicest guy. He had the nicest things to say yep. on the way out. The reporters out there have already been like, wow, this is like the greatest kid we've talked to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Itu Makanyami and, and the 20, uh, 2023 third round pick for Brent Burns, who is despite being old the one knock that i had on him because so ray texted me like the day before and it's like what do you think about burns and i'm like other than he's like you know our age which is not quite yeah. true <laughs> sorry no. yeah. uh i don't know you know like that that's my fear right his projected war right uh wins above replacement is 55 which is pretty solid number yep the biggest thing with him is this guy will give you as much offense as we had last year from D'Angelo. Yeah. But he plays defense. Yeah. To give you an idea, Jay Fresh Hockey puts out those cute little cards. I say cute. Uh, those really interesting little cards that kind of give you a bunch of guy to glance. Yep. Tony's defensive score was a four. Yeesh. I'm not saying that's bad, but I am saying that, like, you could throw a couple of sandbags on the ice, and that's a, like a one. Yeah. Brent Burns is a 34, which is nothing compared to like a Jacob Slavin. Yeah. But that's a huge increase. Not to mention that Burnt, like, you know, somebody somebody had, had messaged me on Twitter and said, like, you know, what do you think is the upside to Burns over Tony D'Angelo? Ooh. I said offensively, they're about the same. Defensively, it's much better. The real issue, I said the real difference to me is about six or eight inches and like 55 pounds. Without question. And the, the man is the man is an all-star defenseman who bombs shots. He takes a lot of shots. And that is exactly what we need from him. And the fact that he is an excellent, he's a, uh, I, I don't want to minimize him by calling him the serviceable defenseman because he's more than that by a long ways. He's a real great step up. I cannot, I was blown away when we got him and I, I was thinking to myself, it, 
did San Jose really need to let him go and were willing to take as little? And that sounds like a besmirchment of the players that we gave up, and it is not. But I expected that the price would be a little bit higher than what we paid for Brent Burns. I think it's the the contract, right? Three years and almost $8 I think it still is. And they had to eat some of that, too. They're eating a third. So the the Canes are getting... Tony's replacement for Tony's money with better defense, more size, more physicality. The, the biggest thing for me, the biggest knock that I've heard, what's going back to his age is like he's 37. Yeah, he's the on the, the, he's on the backside. Yeah. He, he, he is, but he's an Ironman. He hasn't missed a game in like seven or eight years. Man, some invincible. He, he, I think he was he the leader in TOI last year for time on ice. Very, like very 26 close. Six minutes a, a night. That's three or four more minutes than Jacob Slavin plays. He'll yep. never have to play 26 minutes in Carolina. No. So he's going to end up playing less overall minutes as he gets older. They can substitute in and shift guys around in a bit, probably get him down closer to 20 minutes a night, which is, mm-hmm. if you think about it, that's like a 20% decrease in time on ice. He's rock solid. He he gets injured, but he gets hurt, but not injured. Like right, he can yeah. play through it. So I said the knock on old guys is that their production, their productivity falls off, and they become injury prone. Yeah, and he, he yeah, he, you know, his productions come down a little bit, but it's still where it was in like the night 2019 season, mm-hmm. right? And his defense has actually gotten better over the last two years yeah he's so uh, he's it's such it's, a workhorse i i'm i'm super psyched for the signing and I the really best am. the best part about this is is he he's going to i mean the i we're talking about his production falling a little bit and i'm thinking with the talent that we put him on the ice with especially on the power play there's no way his production drops. He's going no, to No, San produce. Jose was not a great team last year. He, he is going to produce. He's going to put up a lot of numbers. And again, a lot of it will be driven by those huge shots from the point. Uh, he's, a, he's an excellent passer. He likes to crash the net, too. He, he, he does that thing that you and I like. He picks his spots to go to the net properly. He won't put himself out of position, but he drives the net. He he's got he's got so much talent. Uh, he he's going to be a great uh, uh, face for, for this team. You mentioned it. As far as the face goes, uh, I I still laugh at thinking we got this Snickers guy, the Snickers commercial guy. <laughs> Have you seen the Snickers commercials and stuff yes. <laughs> he's been doing? I mean, it was, they're just hilarious. And I'm thinking to myself, we, we have him. He's so great. He's funny. Everyone loves him as a teammate. This is a huge, huge win, a huge win. And now I'll, I'll throw this out there. He replaces TDA who moved on signed in Philly and I have to say TDA and their new head coach could provide 
some of the most wonderful popcorn eating sessions that anyone would ever see. However, I would <laughs> like to say, I would like to say TDA did exactly what I asked for specifically. And I think we did. He shut up and put up. Thank you for your service last year. We wish you would have been a little bit better on defense, but TDA, you kept your nose clean. You played the game well. We enjoyed, you know, we we enjoyed the production. We enjoyed being happily um, surprised that there wasn't any crap. Yeah, from a hockey perspective. I think we both said when he was playing well, and we both called him out when he made some dumb defensive mistakes. Yep. But for for a million dollars, he exceeded that value many times over. No uh, question. I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not glad he's gone, especially with getting no. burns. Like now, nah, I'm super psyched. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but but yeah, I you know I'm I'm not going to hammer Tony's play too much, other than uh, when I see people say. We just lost one of our best defensemen. We didn't. We lost. No. We, we lost one of our best offensive players who happens to play defense. But Tony's right. defense was never good. It was serviceable because he played beside Jacob Slavin. Who and now covers. Slavin might get better because Slavin is playing against a guy who can really be a number two. Who they he and Tony both put up ten goals last year. Burns actually had four more points, four more. Excuse me, four more assists. And people may not realize that San Jose was 32 and 37 last year. They were like the 23rd best team instead of the third best team. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for, if, for Burns to put up 54 points on that team, if he can put up 54 points on our, you know, for the yeah. Canes, I'm super psyched. Um, the other thing is he's an assistant captain in San Jose. He's yeah. going to bring that veteran leadership here. Oof. He's the kind of guy who, if you're not cutting in the playoffs, I don't think he's going to let that slide. Like he's, he, no. he feels like the kind of guy who's going to be vocal in the locker room and let people know. So I wanna, I'm, I'm psyched. I want to put a very fine point on something that you just said. Brent Burns could make Jacob Slavin even better. Which is scary and awesome all at the same time. Isn't it? Like, that is just wow. Just wow. To have two players of their caliber who could be playing side by side, and everyone's defaulted to that. Now Rod is going to position the lines the way he wants. But when you think about the time of minutes that those workhorses can take when the going gets tough, and there will be some tough games. There always are. My goodness, Brent Burns couldn't have been happier. And, and to go along with Brent Burns, right? Yeah. They bring in what? So the Canes were next said to be in on Mason Marchman out of Florida. Mm-hmm. Would fill that big physical role that may be left by Niederreiter if Niederreiter doesn't get resigned. Right. Uh, but he's bigger. He has more potential upside. It sounds like it, it could have been the Canes or Dallas. He chose Dallas. Um, his father recently passed, I think it was last month, like a really oh, recently, geez. he knows a lot of guys in the Dallas locker room, uh, 
all the best to him. I think he made a decision mm-hmm. that he just needed to be surrounded by people that he kind of knew and you know could feel comfortable with. Yep. Which opens the door for Don. Just call the police. The oh. FBI should be involved, right? The yeah. FBI is involved in any major robbery. And, and the Hurricanes get Max Pacioretty from Vegas for future considerations, which we all know is – well, we don't all know because that's all about the So for those of you who don't know, future considerations could mean anything from generally nothing yeah. to if we resign them long term, we'll give you some picks. It could be like we're going to ship them uh, a pallet full of cheer wine or send them uh, just, a couple of Bojangles 12-piece meals. I mean, future considerations could be just about anything. Max Pacioretty, I mean, he plays in Vegas. The name, most people will recognize it, but he, along with Brent Burns, had two things that the Hurricanes needed. Yeah. One is size. Yeah. Max is 6'2", 220. He's big. That's official, which means he's probably closer to 6'3", like 230. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. They, and he's, he's 33, but the dude is in his prime. Uh, last year, you know, 19 goals, 37 points in 39 games played. Yeah, injuries hurt him last year for they sure. They did. Max Pacioretty's war, his, his wins above replacement, is a 94%. <laughs> the, the, his finishing is a 98 Max Pacioretty is a guy who likes to put the puck in the net. And he came out and told Kane's social media that straight up. My yeah. job is to find the back of the net. And what did we say before all this broke down, before we broke? The Kane's need a finisher. Yep. And I see a lot of people slotting Max in on the first line. I would not. I would keep that first line of Ajo, Teravainen, and Jarvis together because I just like those three guys. Yeah. But if you put Svechnikov on one side, <laughs> KK's not big and physical, but he's big. And you put Max on the other, um, and on the other side, you put Max on the left and, and Svech on the right. Oh my god! Right. Like, 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 don't get in their way if if they're in a bad mood because those three guys could crush you. Oh, I can't even. So look, there are every other GM in the league outside of Carolina and Vegas were wondering why the hell they didn't know that the Golden Knights were throwing away some of their best talent for nothing. It was a straight salary dump. They were in a huge trouble. They had to get rid of Pacioretty so that they could sign another player to get under. They had to get rid of him. And every other GM in the league is going, why the hell didn't I call Vegas? If they're throwing Pacioretty away, I, we could have taken him. And I don't know <laughs> if Don was just called at the right time or if he had always, you know what I mean? Like you could have been just, I, I said on social media, I said, right? I said, do you think they did made the decision and the phone rang? It just happened to be Don. They're like, Hey Don, we just decided to get rid of Max Pacioretty for nothing. You want him? Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. I was like, I, I, and you remember the, you remember my tweet. I tweeted you and me, Max patch ready. Love it. How did, and how, where, like what I was just flabbergasted. I was, I was, and I work as a courier and I'm driving and 
I, I didn't almost cause an accident with anyone else, but I did damn near drive off the road. I was stunned. <laughs> I was absolutely stunned. It was amazing. It was amazing. Can, can I put a bigger grin on your face? <laughs> you, you, you might remember this, but Max Pacioretty came to the Vegas Golden Knights from... I know. The team who must not be named. Exactly. Thomas Tatar and Nick Suzuki and a second round pick. It was unbelievable. And the Canes got him for nothing. 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 Yeah. And and, and look, and the, those of you who know me, I am easily overlooking Pacioretty's history and association with the team that shall not be named. He's under contract. He couldn't make it, you know, he couldn't say no. Yeah. He's under contract. <laughs> he, uh, he, the, the, his, uh, his time with Vegas, uh, has wiped away any history from before that. So I'm okay with it. I'm especially okay when I find out that Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty, who had a little bit of history when they were, uh, you know, playing against each other pretty steadily there over in the West and, it was it was hilarious this story. Pacioretty gets signed, and suddenly on his phone, there's this FaceTime request, but he doesn't know what the number is. So Pacioretty's like, I'm not taking that. I don't know. Probably pretty wise, right? I don't do that, and I'm not even famous. Exactly. And then all of a sudden he he looks back and he checks it out and he goes, Wait, that's that's Brent Burns. They eventually connect and talk this one out. And Burns, I, I can see him. I can picture him with this big smile on his face saying, hey, isn't it going to be great that we don't have to cross-check each cross check each other in the face anymore? And, he's, and they <laughs> talk it out. They kind of have a little tete-a-tete. Okay, we're teammates now. So, you know, you and I duking it out pretty physically in the past. We can bury that hatchet because now we're in the promised land. We're in Raleigh. We're going to do some great things. And I, I love both these deals. And, and to, to recap a little bit, uh, Burn 6'5", like 230 as he's listed. You know, Patrick 6'2", 220, uh, ages 37 and 33 respectively. These are, these are known quantities. You kind of know what you're going to get. These are guys who both come in and said the right things, right? Burnsy's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to fit in well here. Pacioretty's like, my job is to put the puck in the net. And both of these guys basically, and don't forget, Burns had, he had a three-team uh, uh, no movement clause. He had right. to waive that to come to Carolina. Yeah. So he wants to be here. He's happy to be here, right? Yeah. And a, a, a captain and an alternate captain, you're bringing in veteran leadership, and these guys want to win a cup oh, now. man. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm for so this. excited for this. <laughs> I, I really am. Um, it's it's great to keep moving. A uh, bottom six forward, but Andre Case uh, gets picked up one year, million and a half bucks. Uh, he fell off, you know, for a couple of years. I think it was injury related, but it, if you know, I mean, as a fourth liner, I'm I'm fine. On as a third liner, even I think I'm okay if that's how it goes. So. Uh, Andre Case getting signed up. He's I, young. He's like 25, 26. I mean, it, I think, I think, I feel like he's one of the concussion guys. So you have to be careful there. Yeah. Um, so 
very, just very quickly, I'll jump in. And I had a chance to chat with some Twitter folk here on the, uh, uh, you know, free agent frenzy day. And uh, they, they pronounced his name as Kasha. Kasha. Oh, and so, I'm sure they're right. I'm not. And, and yeah. And so uh, <laughs> we'll just, we'll throw that out there. I did not know where he came from and I saw he was with the Leafs and I kind of said, really, where, was he invisible with the Leafs? I mean, all of the talk around Matthews and you know what I mean? And, and Marner and, and it's easy to get lost. Uh, in Toronto, I mean, right? it is easy to get lost in Toronto. I'll, well, and that's kind of funny. How do you get lost in Toronto when the spotlight is so bright, right? Well, Matthews was taking up most of that spotlight. Let's be perfectly honest. Um, Kasha, yeah. I mean, is he going to be third line? Is he going to be fourth line? I mean, I guess that all depends on what we want to do with a few of our players from the uh, championship winning Wolves coming up this season. Guys like Drury and Nason. Um, could could you see Drury, Nason, Kasha on the fourth line? You're muted. Oh, I'm <laughs> muted. Uh, you certainly could see that line, right? You see, you could see uh, Andre moved up to the third line and Martin Nook on the fourth line. There's still there's still a little bit of wiggle room there for what the yeah. potential lines could be, but if he stays, if you know, if he can keep from getting hurt, because I, I looked it up, that's what I was doing. Uh, it was post concussion syndrome, so it's kept him right. out quite a bit. Uh, former Bruin, right? Former Duck, mm-hmm. now former Leaf. You know, it, it's a low risk to me in terms of the dollar value. Yeah, uh, another low risk, potentially high reward if, if he can find you know, if he can find his groove, so find health, find his groove. Exactly. He would be, he would be great as far as lines goes and stuff. Uh, We had a long chat about that. I had an idea about a third line replacement. If we are unfortunately unable to re-sign Nino, Uh, we'll, we'll maybe take a sprinkle of our idea for lines here uh, coming up later in the show. Let's talk about something that uh, Don Waddell uh, spoke about Uh, on his discussion. He had an interview here on Thursday. Everyone was so impressed with his uh, maneuvering and his, uh, you know, bringing in these great players. Of course, the experts wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth. How in the world did you pull this off? And uh, he was speaking on the NHL network. And I had a chance to hear him speak about uh, Gardner. One of the questions was, mm. you know, now you've brought in Brent Burns. You got a few, you know, you got a healthy group of defensemen here. What of Gardner? And his comments were, uh, all things are say that he's not only healthy, but he'll be, you know, training camp the very you know the very first the first day he's showing up to camp he's going to be ready to go and basically fight for position 
fight for, you know, where he's going to be in all of this. And that's good news. Again, this is the whole um, embarrassment of riches, right? The glut of talent and help that we have on this squad. Where do you think he fits in on this? And and I guess we've got Chatfield also to add into our defensive situation. Ethan Bear as well. Some interesting things with Bear in particular also. Take us through. What do you think about Gardner? Like where, where does he fit in? Do you think sure. he's got the wheels to, I mean... Does Let me go, so I'm go back. Um, having seen Chatfield play in person now, yep. um, he's in. I, I'd slot him into my bottom six today. I, I said during the playoffs, I'd rather have him in there over uh, yep. Brendan Smith. So I, I think that's one of your bottom two guys, right? Mm-hmm. So then it becomes you have Gardner. You you qu- gave a qualifying offer to Bear that hasn't been accepted. He's at, He's filed for arbitration. You also you know, could go elsewhere, right? So we have a couple of things because the other part of that Brent Burns deal was, uh, I can't Coughlin. think of his name. Um, and, and he's Coughlin, a D guy, yeah. right? He's a D guy and a and, right-handed and shot and, as well. Right. So so there's your other potential bottom, bottom mm. six guy. Jake Gardner in Toronto, you know, now this is going back a ways, right? 15, sure. 16, 16, 17, you know, 52 points, you know, 43 points. He comes to Carolina, and, and in two seasons, 24 points and eight points. And I bagged him in that, that 2021 year because mm-hmm. he was terrible. Yeah. He was just awful. Mm-hmm. In 1920, I bagged him too. He, he was te- not realizing the extent of his injuries. Like if he was hurt right. that bad, he shouldn't have been playing. Like that's, no. that's management's fault and, and him probably underreporting the, the severity of his injuries. Sure. If we can get back, you know, the late teens, you know, version of Jake Gardner, then he, then he's going to be a guy who's going to give you somewhere between, you know, six and 10 goals and 35 and 45 assists for only 4 million bucks. Cheap. So I know people can't wait to move him because we don't know, because he could be the Jake Gardner of the, 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 the 2020s and he could yeah. be terrible. Yeah. So in my mind, you if you're Don Waddell, you you take it one of two ways. If you just if if you I would imagine at this point, Don's at least seen him skate, seen him move, right? right. You can do those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. If if you don't think he has it, I think you try and ship him somewhere like the Ducks, because the mm-hmm. Ducks haven't hit the cap floor yet. Like they have to add salary. Right. So they're gonna take on bad contracts just to hit the floor. Like they really don't have a choice. Um I now what else you have to give them to take on that contract becomes the big question, right? Would they do it for just picks? Would they do it for somebody out of, uh, you know, the farm system? I don't know, but if you're going to get rid of him, he's not going to a contender, right? Most likely because of the unknowns. Cause if, if they were going to take a flyer on him, so probably would you. Yeah. I want to see him in camp. You can always try to move him later. But yeah. if, if he's actually healthy, the, the kid can skate and he can put up points like when he's mm-hmm. healthy. I don't think he was really ever healthy after that 2017-18 season because he went from 
uh, 31 points to 43 to 52 to 24 when he came to Carolina. And we got him because he'd gotten hurt. I don't think we've ever seen the healthy Jake Gardner in the Carolina. I think that's a big deal. I want to see a healthy Jake Gardner. If, if, if I know it ties up 4 million in cap space, this is where things get muddy. And we kind of answered this at the frog pond, right? Yeah, we sure did. So if you move him out, you free up maybe 4 million in space. Mm-hmm. Now you can sign Natchez and maybe Niederreiter. And you still have to make a decision about Bear because if Bear gets qualified by an arbitrator for less than $4 million, you have to take that contract. You, don't, you can't opt yeah. out. And it's like 4.2 or 4.3 million. So now you start playing the numbers game, right? So if you don't yeah. get rid of Garner, then you can't bring back Natchez and Nino. Um, I ran a Twitter poll and it was like eight to one, eight to two people would rather have Nino back over Natchez. I, I don't disagree with them. But no. one is almost 30, and you've kind of already replaced him a bit, bringing in somebody like a Max Pacioretty. Yeah. One is a kid who has a very high potential ceiling, yeah. but a much lower floor, as we saw last year. But even yes. the last year was the first year that Nino scored more points than Natchez. Out of the last right. like four years, Natchez has outscored Nino three of the four years. So something that we lose in, you can lose right. that in the, in the, you can lose perspective. Right. He started That's exactly off it. We all think about the second half of the season. He put up 40 points last year, right? Yeah. So I don't think you can give up on Natchez. I think a bridge deal for Natchez is more important than re-signing Nino as much as I would like to have Nino back. And that ties into, can you keep Garner? I, if it was me and I'm Don and I want to win a cup now, I would give Gardner a shot because if you can, if Gardner can play power play to quarterback and then sit back in a, in the five, six spot. So he's not hurting you as much defensively. Yeah. That's firepower to win. Now why you got these other guys, Marty. That Nages, was... I don't think he's going to get, I don't think he's going to stay at the floor, right? His ceiling is much higher. Nino, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Floor is lower, but ceiling is higher. Mm-hmm. Marty Natchez is the wild card. Ceiling is much, much higher. Floor is potentially much, much lower. But I think you, in my, if, it's, if I'm Don Waddell, I'm giving Garner a chance. And then if you, you have to buy him out, you know, you lose two million bucks, but so be it. At least you get a look at him. Uh, I would go for signing Natchez. And then you still have to figure out what to do with Bear. Well, All for five million bucks, by the way. Yeah. Unless you shoot Gardner out, you're, you're working with like 4.8 million or something like that. Now that we have all of the forward talent that we have, where do you put, where does Natchez fit in? I mean, does he go to the fourth line? Oh, sorry. Uh, the Hurricanes just tweeted out uh, a, a replica jersey burns in the number eight because he was 88 before. Yeah. So relevant to our Marty Natchez discussion, who wears number what is it again? Was it 88? E- oh. Yeah. Ooh. Burns will be taking on the number eight, it appears. Is that a, a, a harbinger of things to come? Uh, I don't know, but I kind of hope so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know, mean, it's one of those like, oh, maybe this means something good. Um, look, as far as Natchez goes, 
I want, I'd like to sign him, but once you sign him, where do you put him? Where do you put him? But, but, so is so he ma- wasted on a fourth line? Because to me, Natchez, not a top line, n- not our front six guy. So right now, not with the players that we have. In my mind, okay, if I'm if I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, take a tangent here a little bit. Aho Jarvis Turbo, I've said all along, I love that line. Um, you can move fetch and, and and patches up and not lose a step, and in fact, just get a different look. Yeah, I like the big body line of Svech, KK, and Patches as a second line. Mm-hmm. Right now, your third line is still stalling fast. So right, so the other Andre could fill that role. If you re-sign Marty Natchez, you can take some of the pressure off of him by putting him in that role. That's a checking line. It's not his skill set, but it it gives that line a little more umph, right? Does um, it? But does it? Uh, does it diminish what that third line was so great at, which was absolute, complete, and unequivocal shutdown of offense on the opposition? It it does some, but. I guess my retort would be, can anybody do that as good as Nino Stalin fast? I mean, the three of them just just were lights out the whole year. I, yeah. I don't know that you can replace Niederreiter on that line and get the same result. And, and you know, it could have been, you know, that could have been a one-time thing. We just don't know, right? Yeah. Um, but Nate just at least gives you another what should be top six guy. Um. You know, is Svech isn't going to put the puck in the net as much as he could? Because we both think that he could be a potential, you know, 40-goal guy. You can move that big body down to the third line some. And, you know, Natchez, Natchez is se- plays center as well, does he not? He does. So you could put Natchez up and leave KK on the third line. Y- you the, could. The biggest thing is, instead of having to rely on Drury, who I think will make the team and I think will do a great job on the fourth line, yeah. Instead of having to rely on that, you know, Nate just gives you another guy. Because even with, I mean, you know, with Nino, Nino's really a second line guy. He puts up second line numbers. He should get second line money from somebody. Yeah. We were fortunate to be able to play him on the third line. So it, man, it, oh, it definitely, it, I would rather have that problem, Ray, than the problem of, oh no, what do we do? You know, why are we running first line Martin Duck? If I'm being honest. Yeah. Like I well, don't, that's the problem I don't want to have. And I've said this. I, I think that if we couldn't land Nino, that Martinuk actually fits in on the third line aspect a little bit better simply because of his cycle ability, his forecheck ability, his uh, aggressiveness. Like that fits in nicely on that third line. I could see Martinuk playing third line and really yeah. helping in that shutdown mode. That's the kind of player that he is. He can be aggressive and do that great forecheck. And 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 we we saw it so many times where in the great games that the Canes had, when all four lines were going, when that fourth line could go out there and just not dominate the puck in the in the offensive zone. Because they could cycle it, and maybe they didn't score, 
but it was guys like Martin that was making life difficult. Well, the other team is stuck in their zone for the first 30 seconds of their shift. Great, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So maybe if you move Martin up to the third line, so then then you could potentially have a fourth line that has Drury and Nosen, right? Or Nazen, excuse me. From yeah. from and, and those two guys would Drury less so than than Nazen or be would be traditional fourth line guys, right? Drury mm-hmm. is gonna be there because he's young. But what if you put Marty Nature with those? And instead of just a grindy fourth line, you have a fourth line that can go out against the other team's line and and put points on the board a, a, a different type of Nason together line. was just like oh like this is, this is a beauty Love yeah it. to me that's a different type of third third line you know right. what i mean well, we've i mean got the fourth a, line a, right and then yeah you, yeah you leave the third you, you have a solid you you leave martinuk and have a really tough third line to check against but your fourth line goes from being a grind line to being to, a to, limited use skill line yeah at who could who could uh, really who could put the puck in the net and find the way look again this is the embarrassment of riches thing again how many other teams in the league would like to have the problems that we're discussing right now you know what i mean like honestly this is crazy as far as it goes uh, to circle this back to bear uh i had a question about this and uh, it doesn't seem like a really big problem but it's something that I always have wondered about for many, many years. And that is the players that go to arbitration. Does that muddy the waters in the relationship between player and team? Uh, Bear, I think it's safe to say that before COVID, there were zero issues with his play. He was playing fantastic, uh, defensively sound, and he was going to the net, making some great, great moves, scoring points. He was a success. He gets COVID, comes back, and is not even close to the same guy he was when he started. Now, there are a lot of people, a lot of fans, love Ethan Bear. Myself yeah, included. Both of us are Israel. I well, yeah, we are definitely right in there. We were very excited. We want him. I want him to stay. Does the whole business aspect of this affect anything? I've always wondered about that. And it it probably I don't know. I don't know. I so layman's opinion. I, so I haven't been a general manager of a sports team, but I was, you know, basically you a general one on manager. TV. Well, no, but well, I was a general manager of a, of a private company, so I oversaw, you know, six retail stores, right? Wow. So a good GM, a good manager in general. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It's business. You 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 know the deal. You you're you're a part. The arbitrator's job is to find what you know what you know an end uh, you know in theory an independent person is is going to say this is where I think you need to land. And you don't take that personally. It's just part of doing business, right? Mm. As a player, if you get traded, you shouldn't take it personally unless you know. If you're Patrick Waugh leaving yeah. the Canadians, that's personal. Yeah. Because you're like, no, no, I'm not playing for you ever again. Yeah. But usually that's not the case, right? In Bear's case, the real problem here is, ar- so arbitrators typically, for those who don't know, 
they tend to be player friendly, right? They tend to look at all the contracts and they often over um, kind of over compare players. So they'll take a player and they don't compare them to maybe what we might call their peers. They actually kind of go up a little bit compared to those guys. And so when arbitrators normally seem to give player friendly deals, uh, anecdotally, I don't have any evidence to support that other than the old eye test. But Bear was scratched so much of the season and saw basically zero time in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, he, he, you could look at him and tell it's not the same. So I don't know what, what their uh, information, like what their, their, you know, information resource gathering is and like what they do and don't look at. But in my mind, in some ways, arbitration could hurt Bear's case. Like I, you know, I, I, I don't think that he, an arbitrator would give him less than the Canes would be you know, had offered, but I don't think it's going to do anything other than prolong the issue, which might be yeah. part of it too, because as you know, even though he's filed for arbitration, he can still be traded and then arbitration goes out the window. He has to deal with his new team. Right. So in bears case, the biggest thing is that once it, like I said, you know, the, you know, the number's like 4.2 million. If an arbitrator works more than that, then the Canes have to decide if they're going to do it or they let him go. Yeah, they offer them less. They have to sign them to the contract. You got to make sure, and and you can be ten percent over the cap for these next couple of months as you right. sort things out. So going over the cap, you know, we have a little over four point like eight ish million in cap space. You can go over that for now by ten percent. You right. just have to be below, I think, before season starts, uh, or in that time frame. So bears a wild card, and and some of bear plays. In the garner because you don't need both you really don't want both so what you have are two guys who in the past have put up pretty good numbers garner is actually better than bear because you have more history there yeah right i prefer bear over gardner if i'm just having to pick between the two guys but you know they're they're you know when you look at their actual play the last you know times they played it's it's you're taking a risk on either of them i yeah i don't know what's going to happen but I know that you're going to have a glut of defensemen if you keep Gardner and Bear gets a low arbitration award. Wow. I have to think Bear is probably going to get moved um, just because I, I, you know, you know, I, I was looking here because you have, um, we brought in Burns, Pacioretty, um, Andre, Coughlin, Peterson. So, you know, so you have two defensemen coming in. And yeah. you know, your bottom, you know, your bottom pair, right? You know, your bottom pairs right now, in my mind, are Slavin Burns is an easy one. Why break up uh, Pesci and Shea? Yeah, so Chatfield deserves a shot. I don't think any of the guys we're talking about are better than the way Chatfield's been playing. So then you have Chatfield and who? And you have three potential guys to put in that spot. Mm-hmm. And even with the seventh D man being in the wings, you don't need all three of them. You need two. Yeah. Um, so. Who's the odd man out? Coughlin fit in. I just I wondered about Bear, like if that made if if the arbit if going to arbitration made players a little salty, you know, where you're like on the player side, maybe on the player side, yeah, like where they say, (laughs) "Come on, man!" Like you know what the talent that I have, like there are some people that have overinflated views of themselves i'm guilty of that sometimes you know but um when it comes to something as important as this uh and being paid what you're worth a guy can come in and say you're coming at me with that kind of contract didn't i do a little bit better like so we're gonna go to arbitration 
And if it doesn't work out, is there saltiness left over? And I don't, I mean, I don't know. This is a very tough situation. I think actually Coughlin coming in muddies the waters even further because I don't know much about him, but I know that he has, you know, some of the parameters that were needed, right? Like a right-handed shot, you know, and, and not ter- not terrible defensemen, like certainly in that bottom pairing type situation, when you look at how talented we are everywhere else, this is, this is tough. Very tough. In Bears case specifically, I would say this, Ray. Do you think Bears salty having not played basically the last half of the season in the playoffs? I do. I, I mean, I, I'd be. I, I think I was him. And let, I think there's I an would underlying injury we don't know. Well, so could arbitration make it worse? That, that would be my real question. Is that, and my answer yeah. would be probably not. If, you know, he's probably already upset at his playing time. But yeah. I, th- I think he also seemed to know, like, he, he didn't look the same post-COVID. He was a lot slower, and then he was wearing a boot during next interview. So I don't know that there isn't something else going on there that we just don't know about. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't think arbitration would make Bear feel worse because he's probably already got an axe to grind. Uh, maybe. You know, that, maybe. And that might just be wanting the opportunity to prove himself, right? I think in his case, it certainly would be based on, you know, his past and how, I mean, think, I think back to, you know, when he was dealt from Edmonton and the, no other word for it, the hate aimed at him for really, it was, it was not legitimate reasons. It was awful the hate that was thrown at him racist and uh, it's uh, yeah exactly and so you know maybe he's got that history of uh underappreciation and uh ethan we i appreciate you we appreciate you i'd love to see you on how this is all going to work out in the end i i don't know which yeah. then brings us to nino Nino, not signed yet by anyone. No, I haven't by even seen anyone. his name mentioned by anyone outside of the Canes fandom. That's the and really weird part. It is very strange. Why, uh, in the free agent discussion, why is he not even referenced? It's like he doesn't exist. No the, one's talked about him. The only thing I can think of is 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 Kadri is also a UFA. And, and I, I imagine that domino has to fall so that all the other power forward dominoes know what the price is. I think that I think all the the uh, the agents are looking at Kadri to see what he gets to set the price. The biggest thing is with only five million bucks to spend, Natchez is an RFA, Bears an RFA, Gardner either has to be bought out or returned to the team or traded. I don't think you can find money for Nino unless another player is going, another, another on roster player is going out. I don't think you have the money. Would you would not believe, and this might blow your mind, how many uh, media experts I've heard suggest that Carolina would be the perfect 
word perfect landing spot for Kadri. I'm like, he'd, he'd do well here. Would surround it with the cast that they put together. He would, but where do we find the money? Well, this is we not don't. like that's, in base, but yeah, this that's is the, that's this the easy is part. Not, we don't. I mean, don't this is it. not the this is not Major League Baseball where you pay a penalty for going over. You know, the this is a luxury tax type thing. You got to stay under. So where does it fit? And uh, I mean, that's another thing altogether. But. Uh, Nino, good. I, uh, I would love to sign him. I'm trying to figure out why someone hasn't picked him up yet. Like I said, the only thing that I could say is is people are waiting for Kaji to fall to see to see where everybody's going to fit in. But even then, the fact that there's not even talk around him is really surprising. Um, uh, I'm stunned. In one way, I'm kind of happy because, like, maybe that means other teams aren't as interested as his agent thought, and maybe we can get a deal in Carolina. I mean, that that would be. Do you ideal. think he'd take a? Do you think? I mean, should, uh, would Mino need to take a haircut to come back to the team? Would he want to? I think he would need to. I don't think that he would want to. Nor do I think that he should. If I'm, I mean, no, I don't back think to the Johnny Hockey either. reference. He shouldn't. No. But if if he's going to be slotted in as a third line guy, then. Yeah, the Canes should pay him third line money. That's third line money. Yeah, look at Tampa. I don't know how Tampa Bay does it. I swear they have two hundred million in payroll. They just signed three guys to eight year deals. You know, one of which was like seven or eight million. I think another was seven or eight million. One was like four. And what happens is in in five years they can't afford those guys, and other GMs take those contracts. I don't know why GMs keep bailing out teams like. Lightning or the Leafs, the Leafs, you know, we always talk about how much payroll they have tied up in three guys. Like you have a $40 million line, right? Well, you look at, you look at Tampa and those moves and stuff like that. And you talk about the future problem. They are gambling. And what they're gambling on is that the salary cap in the future is going to go up enough for their overspending now. Right. And now right. they're hoping. And there, Don's not there, doing that. No, he 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 doesn't. He's notorious for that. He does not pay top end money. You know what I mean? Like he's not that. He's not that guy. And I, we can't argue with his success. You know, but these right. other teams, they're gambling. They're. I mean. Wouldn't I mean we would? Of course, we would love to see that salary cap go up, because then all of a sudden our problems are gone. Right, and it right? will soon. Right, and it I, will like, soon. We're, we're almost we're the the owners are almost paid back out of escrow. And it, as much as we like Nino, Nino, I don't think it's still a household name league wide. No. So other available forwards. So the people Nino's competing with for a job, Kadri, uh, uh, Jesper Bratt out of New Jersey who put up 73 points in 76 games, like holy Ooh. smokes, right? Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Jets. Right. Uh, uh, Keiko from New York. Uh, Patrick Laine. Uh, Andrew Mangiapane. Uh, Wait. Is he still? Laine is an unrestricted free agent? Oh, I'm sorry. He, I think these guys are restricted free agents. Excuse me. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, but but these are still guys who could move, is really what I'm getting at. Right. Matthew could shut. Right. Like, you know, um, uh, Jason Robertson from Dallas. Like so, those are restricted free agents, but they are looking to add a top forward. There's guys around. 
right? Man, so Nino's love- an unrestricted. So you're not having to give up anything to get him. That's where, that's where you know his his real benefit is. But if you look at the available, um, unrestricted, or I'm sorry, the, the just the available free agents, mm-hmm. um, unrestricted free agents. Here, I have. I was. I thought I brought the list first. Um, Patrice Bergeron, Nazim Kadri, Bill Kessel, right? Um, yeah. Paul Statsny. So there's, in my mind, there's five or six guys I would want ahead of Nino if I if money's not an object. Yeah. Right. So. Nino has competition out there. He's unrestricted. This is the biggest thing. He does things that, you know, he's not a Patrice Bergeron type. Like they're not, you know, teams going after one or going the other. Um, he's yeah. not even a Phil Kessel. Um, you know, Kadri might be the closest thing to Nino in the unrestricted market. Um, yeah. But I would love to see Nino back. I hope that the, you know, the market is soft on him, which would enable that because it's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. Um. And it, I, you still have to deal with your RFAs first, and you, you know, that that really is going to be the thing. The only way Nino comes back, I think, is if, is if Natchez is getting shipped off, or you ship off both Gardner and Bear somehow and drop both of those contracts. Then you can bring in Natchez and maybe Nino. But um, wow. wow, a little good news, non-Carolina news, but I thought this was interesting. Uh, Mark Stahl is now a Florida Panther. And Eric Stahl has a PT or professional tryout contract. Yeah. With the Florida Panthers. Uh, good luck to Eric. I, you know, I, I was one of the people saying, no, no retreads. Like, don't bring him back to Carolina for a couple of yeah. It's not, that's, don't, just don't do it. That being said, wish the guy all the best. Uh, I would love to see him be able to sign on with Florida. It'd be cool, I'm sure, for him to play with his brother. Uh, Mark, of course, is the one stall brother we haven't had here in Carolina. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he probably feels awfully sad about that. But uh, I just, I don't know. That was that was something it, that I saw. A nice little, nice little family story. I'm, I'm glad, abs- I hope the stall brothers do well. It absolutely was. I, I guess if I'm if I'm gonna be, this is gonna sound harsh. Uh, looking at Florida, I do not like i'm hoping that eric is hitting the gym hard and prepping for that tryout opportunity that he has because he looked his age in the olympics and it was you know i don't i don't i don't want to i don't want to speak ill ill of him he just looked his age and there's a point where it's time to move on and maybe that's it but this will be the definitive thing and it was a great story to hear two couple of stalls together on the same team but i mean i thought you know what that's outstanding i i wish them the best i I, wish them the best if anything if anything it gives you know hurricanes a fan uh hurricane fans the caniacs a chance to uh greet him warmly uh when the panthers come in there'll always be that opportunity where we can uh praise and stand and give him the appreciation that he uh richly mm-hmm. deserves for his service in a in a canes uniform which so we've spoke we've talked it all out we're gonna come down to the question here it is where the, the rubber question. meets the road 
the question to you, sir. Are the Canes better now than they were last season? Uh, they, they are. They're, they're better than they were four days ago, right? They were better than they were on Monday. Um, you've upgraded a D, both in size and defensive prowess, without giving up any offensive talent. Uh, age is just a number until that age actually starts affecting Burnsy, in my mind. It, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just quickly state, uh, are the Kane, I just want to make, make sure I'm perfectly clear, maybe this does or does not change your answer. I'm talking about who we have signed now. So no, we do not have Natchez. No, we don't have Bear. No, we don't have Nino. We've lost all of those other players who have signed off. Right yep. now, the players that we have under contract, are we good to go? I am. I am. So I was breaking down a little bit, but yeah. So uh, Max Pacioretty is a huge upgrade and a finisher that it was needed. Nino, as much as we all love him personally, is replaceable. He's not a super high points guy. He gets in there. He does his job well. He's a lunch bucket, lunch pail kind of guy. If need be, you know, we can find another person to fit that. Marty Natchez gave you points early last season and then completely disappeared. The Canes won without him, not as well. But, you know, and the playoffs is a whole different story. So you can fill in all the lines today. Like we, we can we can field a team not knowing about Natchez, Bear, Gardner, and Nino. Yeah. I'm going to pretend that Nino is just not going to happen because I, I just don't see how it happens unless, like I said, you get rid of two of the other three. Natchez and Bear are, are uh, RFAs. They're yours until somebody can take them. And if somebody takes them and gives us, you know, we get picks or players back or prospects, like, great. Like, we, you yeah. know. So, and then Garner. So Garner's the wild card here. Garner's under contract. You could buy him out, although somebody said something about him um, not being in playing condition and that that might affect the buyout. I'm not, I don't want to go into it because I don't know how accurate yeah. that was. But the short version is Natchez and Bear are yours until somebody gives them a contract or you elect to let them go. Right. So as far as I'm concerned, Natchez and Bear are still on the team. They're restricted free agents. They, they still belong, their rights belong to the Hurricanes right. today. They may not have contracts, but they belong to the Hurricanes today. Okay. So in my mind, those two guys are there. Gardner mm-hmm. is unproven, but Gardner is signed for another year. Yeah. The only person that we have lost that I would think we would need replacement for is Nino because Nino is an unrestricted free agent. We don't own his rights. We don't own anything. So are the Kings better today than, than, than Monday? Absolutely. 100%. Is it as much as we'd like to see? Eh, maybe not. I mean, we, you know, filling that, that void on the third line is maybe the biggest thing left to do. Yeah. But you know, and, and I, you know, sometimes we as fans read into things, but the fact that Burns, he's taken eight, Instead of his traditional, and this is a, this is a, a league veteran, a, you know, assistant captain changing his number is, is not, you know, some guys, it's a big deal, right? Like they, they'll buy gifts for the other guy and, and yeah. take it and all those things. I think Nate just gets done. So uh, we spoke about this in the frog pond. And what did we need to do? We needed to get a scorer, a finisher, check. We needed to, uh, you know, solidify defense. 
Check. Check. Um, we're almost there to filling out the rest of the team and giving these prospects uh, from Chicago a chance to come up who could fill in beautifully. Check there. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we better than the second round exit? Yeah, well, you know, we were last year too. I mean, if we're looking, we were last we're, year, we're looking at the stats, yes. But but now they're better on paper. Like like they're they, better improved. They're they're better on. You're hundred percent right. And, and, and on a personal level, Johnny going to Columbus instead of New Jersey. Thank goodness, because New Jersey, you know, they've they've started pulling in a few, you know, a few folks. The Isles have done basically nothing. So the, yeah. the, some of the Metro teams have gotten better along with you. Yep. But, but we've kept, we've, you know, we've kept pace with those, with those other teams. I think it was, it was great. And we did it through trades, not through signings through trades, which is interesting. I uh, just, I did not expect trades to steal the story of the day to me. And to me, Outside of Johnny Goudreau, who was the top story, where is he going? The surprise of him landing with the Blue Jackets. The biggest story in my mind, and yeah, I'm biased, but it's Waddell and the maneuvers that he made and the trades that he made to make a Carolina Hurricane Stanley Cup contender even stronger. Yeah, like it, I we said to open the program. It, to me, one of the top two, you know, first day of free agencies. Man, oh man! If not the best, what a what a crazy crazy week! It's funny. I we we always record these on Saturdays, and I have to apologize. I let my enthusiasm get the best of me because after Pacioretty. My tweet to you immediately was, we're recording tonight, aren't we? Like, I was full pressure. Like, we're doing this tonight, right? Because we got to talk about I this. Holy to. crap. Yeah, and, it, and, we, and, and you know what? This is life. Time doesn't work out. I'm actually, and, and as thinking of that, now I'm even more grateful that we waited because we've had a time to digest and we've had a time to hear from Waddell himself. We've heard from Pacioretty and Burns. You're going to, I can't, I'm, I, I cannot wait to see the barbecue commercials that Burns does. <laughs> the Carolina Parkers. barbecue, the Parkers. Carolina barbecue. Oh my gosh. Burnsy. It's, it's, it's going to be. I, so, so, so here's a question that's popped up. A few people, Deb and a few others have said on Twitter. Um, is it time to retire the storm surge? No, to do something else. No, because because no. I, I kind of agree with the, the argument being made is is they they're kind of going through the motions a bit. Like they're not doing they're not doing things different. They kind of circle up and clap. I I feel like they should still do that. Maybe call it something different. I don't I don't know. But the the one that I think I'm going to miss is the Trocheck into Slavin. Oh, you know, jump the jump. hugs. 
and part of me just wants to see that continue, but with Burns jumping into Burns slave jumping into slave in his arms. That's be, what I want. That would that, be outstanding. That's what I need. They'd actually, actually each have to take turns doing that. Uh, that you know what I mean? One jumps into they they just alternate. Hey, is it my turn to jump today, or is it yours? I don't know. Um, I would love to see that. For uh, I gotta tell you, uh, no, don't don't get rid of the storm surge. Acknowledge something. Uh, this is something that I've always liked. And the fact that they choreographed a lot of great little uh, skits, if you will, was fantastic. It was fun. But the most important part about that, it was an acknowledgement that the team is able to achieve what they do on home ice because of you, Kaniacs, because of you jerks okay love it that it makes you feel like you are more part of the team when they acknowledge you and say hey it's not all just us you guys provide us the fuel you give us the energy when we need that bump and you guys start standing and screaming your arses off that's what it's about and holy i mean to get rid of that would just be uh, it would just be a mistake. I, I they don't even have they don't even have to get into the circle. They don't even have to do the clap. I just like the acknowledgement I, aspect. I was, but the I, clap is great. I dig that. In my mind, I'd like to see like like take a lap around the boards, right? You know, give it a wave, stick taps on the glass or something. You know, maybe you know, make a lap or two and then off. You know, that way you can kind of, you know, one-on-one, like a little eye contact with fans. Oh, you know, some guys are going to throw sticks in the crowd once or twice or so, you know, maybe switch it up in a little bit away or something. But I, I still like the idea of the acknowledgement, but. Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah, for so. sure. So we're, we're all Kaniacs and jerks mm-hmm. and we love this team and it's going to be a really good season. There, there will be more to talk about in the days to come once. You know, I's get dotted and T's get crossed and knock on wood that we get uh, mm. we well, get the guys I, that we want. I definitely have two weeks from the day down as the next definite recording, the 30th. 100%. If something happens this week, uh, we will record the 23rd, I think, you know, if not sooner than that, if we can, like if, it, if life doesn't get in the way, right? Indeed. Thank you to all of our listeners who have taken the time to check us out. As we have said many, many times, hockey should be for everyone. It is for everyone, but it should be. We know the failings at times. Uh, We love having you aboard. We love that you're listening. And keep sending us questions. You're you're i'm always muting myself you're muting yourself sorry i I, I was taking over no no i i just was gonna say you know if you listen to the show you haven't been on you're interested in coming on we like we said you know last week if if you have an opinion that's all we really care about we like to hear caniac stories we've talked to we've talked to 30 people i think over two years yep we got thousands more caniacs to go so there's a lot of folks out there there's always room in the storm cellar, okay, for one more. We, and, and people got to look at us, how big we are. You might think, well, the storm cellar only fits two guys. Look at how big you two are. 
No, nah, no, no, no. There's tons of room. No, there's tons of room for the, in the storm cellar, and we'd Absolutely. love to join you, uh, have you join us. And really, I guess, with all of that said, is there anything left to say? Go Canes! Go Canes! Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone. Whether you're a caniac or a bunch of jerks doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us via email at stormseller 97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller 97 And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller 97